when you die, your browser history bursts forth from your chest and spews all over the room, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's how this has to work. Hey, it's the Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. And I'm Brian. Welcome back for another Hang in the Laboratory. Uh, thanks for joining us. And special thanks, as always, to our supporters who throw us as little as a buck a month to uh, help help keep the lights on at the laboratory. Yeah. So, no guests. It's just us. It's just us this week. No how guests. You, how, how you doing, man? Good. That means we can, like, hang out in our BJs. In our, I, in our matching robes. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm not wearing mine right now, but we have the no, same robe, so. That's fine. Yeah. You're, I'm, it's, I am rudely still wearing my robe. Because having changed my camera angle, I realized how much of my like hairy chest you can see. Robes are <laughs> robes are funny because they don't really fit anyone correctly, so they're always kind of falling off. <laughs> right. It's for sure a wizard tick, you know. You're like you're just constantly <laughs> having to adjust yeah. your robe. That's fine. You seem wizardly. Totally. <laughs> uh, so what's up, man? Just enjoying, relaxing. You know, enjoying enjoying kicking off the new year. It was a pretty, pretty good chill holiday time, and uh, I'm just uh, there's a lot going on right now. But I actually feel rested from holidays, which I can't remember ever feeling that way. So because you didn't travel, Seth. that's the magical secret <laughs> that nobody wants to tell you, especially the people selling airline tickets. Don't do things. Don't don't do things. <laughs> don't spend money. Don't go out. Don't travel. Uh, don't. We hung out with a lot of people. Make um, stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I'd say that's what we did as well. You know, see people locally. No, yeah. we didn't even do that. We saw no one and it was glorious. <laughs> we kept just, it simple. Just, just rested. Christmas was, we had one other person that we hung out with and we, we went to a movie. It was great. <laughs> but <laughs> the world didn't stop doing stuff. Yeah. So we're here to talk still, about it. Through the roof, record setting. As um, always. So what are we talking about this week? Uh, we're talking about some sort of encryption thing that's going on in the news that I wasn't paying any attention to. <laughs> to be fair, it was unfair of me to throw that to you just now, given the way that this came up and we decided to talk about it. It's a good fit just, for my I was just like, this will be, we, you don't need any preparation. We can talk about this. Totally. Uh, yeah. It's a good, it's a good judgment of the, the so, situation. So we have a podcast way back in our archive you could check out where we've probably talked about this once already, but we're going to do it again in part because that podcast got so much good SEO traffic. Uh, the DOJ is once again going to battle with Apple over the idea of like, we can't get what's in this terrorist's phone and we need you to unlock it for us. Yeah. Um. And there are some interesting quirks to this case and stuff, but it's it gets us to the same basic conversation about first how encryption works, but then also what the idea of a backdoor is and yeah. and why the government's constantly asking for it. <laughs> totally. Uh, and then also why it's like the end of the world if it if it happens. Oh, that's um, an aggressive stance. Uh, <laughs> There are a lot of ends of the world going around these days, though. Yeah, so. right. So, uh, which which one should you care about? I don't know, but I'm worried about this. It. I'm worried about this one. Um, 
Where do you want to start? So what is the, it? What? Give me what you recall about the previous case. San, so this this previous case was the San Bernardino shooting. Honestly, San Bernardino was long enough ago that I wasn't paying attention to any news. So no idea. Well, then that let me say it more shooting, broadly. Right? Do you... Uh, I mean, yeah, makes uh, me really ignorant saying that. But no, it's just, that it was, wasn't a school shooting. It was a shooting. But it's a completely different conversation. Oh, why the safest bet is a school shooting? It was a mass shooting. <laughs> um, a, mass, a mass shooting. Oh, it was like a theater or something, right? No, it was an office park, I think. <laughs> God damn it. So you got nothing what for the, details. What a fucking weird thing. But so... so the thing though is what so uh, what what the outcome of that case crafted in the long run is <laughs> you look like you're you look like you're rubbing an olive on your it's this thing's the best. I've given them to like everyone I know. It's like a little rubber, it's like a little face massager. Oh, face massager. Right. Um sorry, it's probably distracting on so What's your you No, no, I just had never seen it before. Uh so what's so what's what is your perception of Apple's reputation when it comes to privacy? Uh, you want my professional opinion of their their why their, their stance, their or you want like their public? No, I want like as no, a, like as why a, they as a user. How do you feel about the way that Apple is going to treat the personal information yeah. that you keep on your iPhone? Apple as, the, Apple as an loves... user, as an owner. Uh. Always hard to judge intent with businesses because there's so many different perspectives, but they, they take a stance that they're really strong on privacy. They're building lots of sophisticated hardware components into all their devices uh, to make stuff extremely secure for users, your data, your what you're doing, how you're using the phone. Um, if, you, if you think a little deeper about where they sit in the technology infrastructure, um, there's an interesting component to this. <clears throat> And that component is that Apple doesn't actually own uh, any super popular uh, platforms where you're engaging and sharing information. They own hardware. And so for them to take a stance on privacy is actually a really convenient place for them to put themselves because they don't need to worry about how that affects people actually interacting with each other. Facebook has a tougher time taking a stance on privacy um, because the whole nature of what they're doing is people sharing your information publicly that drives their business. Apple like makes their money on the fact that we want to get to Facebook by selling you the device to get to Facebook and get to Twitter. And, and so they've got the camera component and stuff, but generally I think they have the luxury of being able to take this really, uh, strong stance on privacy where everyone else has to be more cautious so right i mean it for sure has to do with that there's a difference between some of these corporate entities that you're talking about when this when this sort of <laughs> game is afoot but like there's also reality i mean like apple's moving increasingly into services right they know the music i listen to the biggest thing is iMessage. um we talk about that yeah. technically in a minute but like the, you gotta understand the reason that you and this isn't just me apple fanboying the reason you mm -hmm. feel that way about them is they had a very public fight following the San Bernardino shooting with the Department of Justice, who was saying, you need to unlock this phone. And Apple was saying, we literally can't because it's encrypted on the device. It's put on our servers. We don't. We can't. It's yeah. Yeah, you're right. The record of their communications is sitting on our servers, right. but we can't to give it to you. Technic te well, technically. Right. And that's a really interesting component of designing privacy into software and hardware is you can design certain things 
uh, so that they're impenetrable, right? If you lose access, you can't get back into it, um, which is like kind of always not true, but kind of true. <laughs> so for the sake of the conversation, right. we'll say you can design something that's impenetrable or something that's not. Uh, and that's kind there of our ways. Concept. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so there are always ways. So there's, so at the time it was like, uh, the, the DOJ eventually backed down because a third party that said, we can crack this phone, just this device and you're fine. Uh, like the government just backed away and didn't, you know, stopped challenging the idea. So the same thing is happening again now. And the thing that Apple is saying is like, we literally can't give you this. And so Trump and the DOJ are grumbling like attorney general Barr, are grumbling that all companies should have a backdoor way to get into the data in those mm -hmm. messages. And this one is extra, just frankly, bullshit because the phone and the software on the phone are outdated enough that a hundred percent, the intelligence community can crack these devices already. And probably every, everyone else in the world too. Right. <clears throat> Including so bad actors. You know, people that want to crack your device and steal all your shit because yeah. there's money in that. So is this going to be a government of the United States versus Apple? And they try to take it to the Supreme Court to try to get back doors? Uh, I, I don't know if they can even do that. I mean, the fact of the matter is Apple can't decrypt it. Right. They need your private key to decrypt that stuff. So more likely it comes down to like the problem is. When the shooter's dead, you lose the biometrics that currently keep you out of devices. Um, right. You can subpoena biometrics. So if a person's still alive, you can just get into huh. their device, force them to let right. you in. But like, so that's a quirk, I guess, of these types of cases. Particularly, so this, person's, this person's dead. I, th I, I think so. I don't know. In the, in the San Bernardino situation, that was the problem. Um, I don't so, know the details of the Pensacola one exactly, but that's the reason it's come back wait, up so again. Is that, is that the crux of this then? They can't make the person open the phone, which I guess you can't yeah, make someone right. do that anyway unless you... And so then they're like, going to right. Apple and they're saying, you must be able to do this. And Apple's going, we literally can't because of how the encryption works. And so Facebook is starting to do things where they want to say we're end-to-end -end encrypted as well. So they, right. So, you know, companies are starting to behave in a way that ends up protecting personal privacy to an extent, but then it creates these other places where it's like, sometimes the government gets to violate that notion of privacy. If a judge says so, for example, so like, you know, they're, they're so like in this case, Apple has complied with everything that the government has asked them to do, but they're starting to escalate the conversation to, to, to get in the public and say, Apple, Apple won't, we can't catch this terrorist because Apple won't put in a back door. And then they want to try to get legislation that says that all corporate entities using encryption have to have a back door that the government can get into. Man, I, um, I can't tell you how much I am disgusted with scare tactics around uh, terrorism and, and fearful crime. Mm-hmm. It just it's such a such a frustrating area for me. It works so well on the whole population. It, it affects me too, right? I'm I'm terrified of things sometimes, but there's you just you just shouldn't be. It's complete bullshit. And I hate it. I hate it so much. It's so manipulative. Right. So there's and it's so awful. Ugh. So there's so there's that aspect of it, right? 
but the idea anyway. is but the thing for me is the the way that the marketing team sells it or the lobbyists talk about it is the part that pisses yeah. you off the place the place where i think this engineering conversation is 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 like well how how would you otherwise solve this problem which i have a, a, an interesting solution to talk about mm -hmm. um but then also like you know you frequently say like okay fine let's get rid of privacy okay whatever uh and there are weird it gets weird once you're talking about the government because yeah like sure. i'm not up to much and they're never going to need to use anything but like if they're storing everything i do all day through the devices in my house and just keeping it in a server in utah with a nuclear power supply like i i it just feels like on some level that's going to turn into a guilt search engine. Well, that's not, uh, that's not the extreme. And I, I do take the extreme approach a lot because I think it's a interesting, right? That's always an interesting way to kind of yeah. have a conversation about something. But um, that is a single party having access to everything, a single party having removed privacy from your life. If that was publicly stored, then that's what I'm talking about. When right. I say remove privacy, all of your messages go public to everyone. Right. And, right. and in that world, obviously, that's not like a realistic thing. We can't do that. It's not going to happen right now. But if we did that, all this bullshit goes away. Right? right. A whole lot of shit in society would be cleaned up, too. Right. So we would have it would be like, think of the journalism. Right. Think of the shit that would be revealed and uncovered and people would stop being complete trash behind closed doors, which everyone does. Even even the best people in the world have some bullshit that they're doing that they do secretly that they're embarrassed about that they shouldn't be doing. So. um that's that's my angle on <laughs> right that that extreme conversation yeah no i mean i it, it's it's that's the interesting sort of drifting further off into the philosophical aspect of like you know there's there's a <laughs> we'll get to that later. there's a practical reality of you know like think about okay cupid you know could you track messages through OKCupid okay where terrorists might talk to one another? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. So if they have a back door where the government can get in there and look anytime they want, all they got to do is get a judge to sign a thing that they'll never be held accountable for because it's private, which is the exist way the existing system works. <laughs> like, uh, mm -hmm. they can look at whatever they want. And so on OKCupid, OK they're going to know if you're gay. Right. Right. And that starts being a problem because it collides with these this idea of constitutional rights. Like you have a right to not be discriminated against if you're in a protected class. And we are starting to have these search engines of protected classes that the government is poking at the way that they would get into if they ever yeah. wanted to. So fuck you up. Let's, let's take <laughs> like, this back a step. Can we discuss uh, privacy laws outside of the digital realm? Like my house, for instance. Right. I, no one's allowed in my house unless I invite them. Unless. Right? right. There's an unless dot dot dot. The government, uh, A, can come in anytime they want because they have tanks. Right. They can just drive through the wall. Right. So there's that component. Techno um, technically speaking. There's, there's the component <laughs> that if a bunch of cops show up at my door and demand to come in, what am I really going to do? Right. They can again, they can break the door down. They have guns. They can be really belligerent and, and kind of force their way in verbally. Um, ultimately, I'm probably going to let up bunch of cops in if they insist right um what is like the actual situation there 
right? Uh, their rules, they're allowed in sometimes, right? Yeah, By so, our rules. so it's an interesting uh, legal sort of conversation, debate, whatever, which really this gets down to why there are certain things to, they come back to our previous episode about like changing the, the operating software for the whole government. Um, there is no explicit right of privacy. Uh, we have the Fourth Amendment, which is search and seizure, and we have some other okay. places where they overlap with like free speech, you know, sort of rules like that. That because mm -hmm. free speech isn't really free speech. Free speech is the Constitution's promise that the government won't regulate speech. So, so you can say whatever you want, and then your right to continue to do that freely overlaps with some of the search and seizure stuff. But mm -hmm. there's no like explicit. There's there's just the notion of privacy articulated through dictum. Mm -hmm which is the stuff in cases where the judges talk back and forth. Right. Um, but there's no, you know, so there's like a, there's a bunch of case law that stacks up into the idea of privacy law and you have certain rights, but there's no like 24th amendment. You have the right to personal privacy in the matters right. of your behavior and, you know, race, creed, class, whatever. Right. Um, so does this stuff usually, this is all mostly falling under the search and seizure concept right yeah right and so with the with this particular case and it sounds like maybe the san bernardino case as well the government has the right to this information on this phone but in these situations they don't have the ability to do the brute force right right like if, if this were my house and i were the terrorist and and i died in a terrorist activity they could just come over and pick the lock and go in the house yeah, or break down the door and go papers. in the house but in this case, you can't break the door down because it's a mathematical encryption that they can't get through. Yeah. There's like a trick that's preventing them. So it physically, it's like an impenetrable door. Uh, and so you're in this weird situation where it's like the unstoppable force is meeting the impenetrable yeah, right, wall, right? right. And so they're, they're allowed in, but they can't get in. And so the way they can get in is controlled on a personal level. The per person owns it. You know, it's their like life force. Yeah. Their biometrics fade uh -huh. if they don't save it. You know, like... But so, right. so, you know, there's all kinds of interesting stuff there that's all already popped up in terms of like, can a, uh, can police force you to unlock your phone and things like that? It's, mm -hmm. that's one that's getting fought out on the way up to the top of the court right. system, like as we speak and refought and refought because there isn't an explicit, it's not explicitly handled in the laws, right? right? The way you head off the judicial process is you make a law that says this is, there's a hierarchy in the government. You know, the, 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 the courts just execute the law. So you change the law and the court goes, okay, here's how we have to behave now. Yeah. Um, but so, so the idea of a back door when they talk about it is, they want the encryption done in such a way that there are two ways to unlock it. One is right. Apple can unlock it at the demand of the government, or you personally can access it the way you always access it yeah. to use your device. Um, well, it's interesting because in like we were kind of just talking about with our homes for the rest of every, un, for all of history until just very recently, there was a physical backdoor to everything, right? That kind of is the the nature of the existence in the physical space. We can kind of get we can <laughs> right. get in, right? And so now we've got this new realm uh, that is the digital space, and so we've got a whole new concept. It's being wrapped up in the concept of privacy in the sense that, like, don't come in the bathroom while I'm taking a poop. Um, 
just always like throw a little poop in for you. You don't do it as yeah, much thanks, as you used man. to. <laughs> and so I caught it. Um, that's kind <laughs> of different than this situation. This is a situation where like this information shouldn't be private. Uh, it's it's by the rules of society that, that we've kind of all agreed to be governed by. The data is due to the government. Um, but something new has been invented that is impossible to get through. And so in this situation, I totally understand the request for a backdoor. The problem is that backdoor needs to only apply after something else happens. And there's no way to do that. If you put a backdoor in, it's in place all the time. Right. From uh, a technical standpoint, right? It's like right. Uh, the physical house is a really good way to think about it. I mean, the literal backdoor, like you can't. Unless you put a big old vault thing in front of it, which is just right. a second door, like that door is 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 a weak well, point in the security of your house. It could bash your back door you down do as easily as your front, probably easier than your front door, to be honest. It has to be tied physically to our life force. This right. is like our first first like <laughs> bionic integration, and I'm hoping this was your idea. Um, when you die your browser history bursts forth from your chest and spews all over the room, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's how this has to work. Um, so, so there, so, so what they're saying is you'll still be protected by the process because we'll have to get a judge to tell Apple to unlock your phone and it'll only be your phone. But the idea is that back door is still there always. Yep. And the way that, and the way that, um, digital infiltration works is you can build in, you can build a back door with a vault thing on it, right? With a passcode. But as soon as someone figures out how to crack the passcode, guesses that literally guesses the code, they went, oh, I guessed your password. They can tell every other bad actor about it instantly. Instantly. With one-to-one -one fidelity. They can say, Here's this code. It's 800 letters long. You could never remember it in your head, but here it is. Use it while you can, because yeah. eventually they're going to figure it out and they're going to try to close that hole. Like, but in the meantime, they could see every iMessage ever sent in the whole world. Yeah. And they're going to use it to fuck with you. Cause that's what happens. Well, I get spam constantly. Yeah. You don't see it anymore because the spam bots catch <laughs> it. But do you remember before the spam they bots worked? It. Email was unusable. For a brief period yeah. of time. It almost is again. So Because of the opportunistic. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, well, there's the other the piece of this, and, and we've already said this, I think, but there, there just isn't a precedent for there not being a backdoor. So you're saying that there, uh, if we put a backdoor in for one situation, it's there for everybody. Like that's already true for almost everything. Except your thoughts, right. which is kind of unfair to... It, again, this is different, right? Digital is different. Our smartphones are something different. It's fair to say they're different. It's more concentrated information about who you are and what you do than we've ever had in one physical location before. It's like your journal times a bazillion, right? But there's always been a backdoor for everything else. So like to pretend like there can't be a backdoor here and take a hard stance on it is kind of un, unreasonable. Right. Uh, I get that it's the, the conversation that needs to be had is, wait, we've reached a point where we can not have backdoors anymore. So should we not have backdoors as opposed to, wait, we're just putting a backdoor on everything or, or excuse me, we're not putting a backdoor on everything. Go fuck yourself if you want the information, because the new thing is actually that we can put an impenetrable force around this 
So that's the conversation kind of in fairness should be flipped, I think. The well, so the other thing is when you think about the physical analogy, though, you have to consider what. So, you know, if you had a front door that would not get obstructed during a physical altercation and to which you could control access with infinite granularity. Yeah. Right. You give out as many keys as you wanted to as many people in the world and any combination of however the fuck you want to feel protected. Uh, would you still have a back door? Like in your house? Yeah, functionally. I mean, my back door leads to my backyard. So like I want to go there. And so then that becomes a security <laughs> you know, thing. Right. It's like it's easy to give away safety for, you know, in the name of convenience, which really is like the whole problem yeah. here. But pulling it back from that, it's it's like. So you can start to think of more novel ways to control that access than just there are two yeah. holes and you block one of them. Well, <laughs> here's another, and here's another interesting analogy, I think. And this, this comes up a lot for me when I'm putting super heavy encryption on things. Um, especially, uh, especially like professionally, right. Cause I, I, I have to encrypt a lot of stuff for work. I deal with yeah, computers all the time. So things have to be very secure. <laughs> the government and demands certain levels of encryption. If, so sometimes when you're putting encryption on things that you're operating, you're told, you're warned of this a bunch of times. They're like, if you lose this password, you lose this stuff, right? Like my computer right now, my work computer, if I lose my password, the hard drive is encrypted. And so all of the information on my computer for work is gone. No one can get it. No. So if I, if I died, the stuff on my computer is lost for our business. Self-destruct. Now I happen to, <laughs> I happen to store work stuff like in the cloud and in other locations where it's saved in other ways so other people could get to it. But if your house, if someone told you, hey, we're going to put an impenetrable barrier around your house, but if you lose your key, you can never go in your house again. I think people would want a back door to their house. Or would you give a set of keys to your in-laws and your parents? And, a whole bunch and of the people. maintenance person right. you trust because you know them personally and where they live and their wife's name and you know like, so maybe maybe that's that's an interesting solution so, right everyone's if your phone's gonna be encrypted you have to have five people in your life that are the backup access and then the government can subpoena them if you die right. that's the idea so that's so that's what i was stoked to talk about in the end of like the solution part i alluded to earlier this is huh. called social key re- good social key recovery it's 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 oh this isn't new we're not geniuses right oh, no. at this moment. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Um, <laughs> there are decades of conversation in Decade. like in like in cryptocurrency science ways of thinking about this stuff, but it's reemerged in the popular sort of just open source like co- like developer community as they look at ways to handle blockchain problems. And so one of the problems with mm-hmm. the blockchain previous episodes <laughs> if you want to get their money <laughs> if you want to get caught up on what's going on yeah for sure one problem is everyone's losing their money but like literally they're just losing their wallets they're going well, that's shit right, man. i they're had 20 their, bitcoin yeah, yeah exactly team. so and they can't get in because of how the encryption works like you have to have the thing or you can't get into the thing and so key recovery becomes a question because immediately everyone is now trained to go i'm gonna call support and they'll handle it and like you call up this crypto team overseeing a protocol and they go we can't touch it we literally can't see inside yeah. the thing it's how the system works uh and it's piece by piece not the whole systems so there's no back door for blockchain instances and they persist yeah. and blah 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 so it's really like higher stakes on not losing this thing and the answer they've come right. up with is well 
you're going to pick a list of 10 people. And if a super majority of those 10 people, you know, clicks the button or assents or whatever it looks like, then your key will be revealed like, or the phone will unlock right on a, at a local level. So the idea is like, uh, you know, um, it just makes it harder. I mean, the government, if they want to, could still use the same mechanics to get it. It's just here are these five people who would be your advocates. You're picking them because they yeah. you trust them, right? Like, I mean, I trust that my parents would comply with the government, but at the same time, you know, have my back, uh, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, in the event that this is happening with my device, um, even if I'm not alive, and it like. It, not alive or if I even if I am alive right because if I'm like right. if I'm up for murder like I'm locked away from my devices and you can make me unlock them certain ways but I could also but you might not right you might not too right yeah so if it's a password that's in your brain yeah. which we can't penetrate yet so I don't know which is an interesting other component to this right that is a place that's an impenetrable fortress still right now kind of the only place what is our brains oh our yeah. thoughts <laughs> our thoughts that we haven't mindlessly thrown out on through sms uh, my brain was just zoned out because i was still <laughs> thinking about the previous comment you made um the thing that just happened to me as i was listening to you talk is my struggle when i try to play lead guitar with other people or i try to play rhythm guitar i'm sorry and the other person's playing lead because they start yeah. playing a sick solo <laughs> and i get distracted and i stop playing rhythm totally. guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's no bueno. And then I have to go, oh, oh man, too. I literally just broke up the jam because it was so sweet. Yeah, that ruins their solo. <laughs> um, word. Well, so, I mean, is there a final, you know, we could talk about social key recovery some more. Um, like, what's your take? If you're following the life force metaphor, like what's happening when we start to build a system where we're like, okay, shit, we need these back doors, but like we need it. We have to, this is why blockchain is, it gets so weird because you're talking about systems of trust and yeah, blockchain, never mind the blockchain piece of it, right? It's happening everywhere that, that unbreakable encryption is being used to do X, Y, or Z. Um, so like we end up taking the, the, the value or the like, it, it's like trust essentially. Right. And this is where, why all those blockchain conversations are about trust. Like you start to have this thing where you go, okay, well, but here are a bunch of people I, I trust to hold this for me. It's mm -hmm. like Apple is, I don't, I, I trust them to the extent that like, I know how they design their systems and they've yeah. taken a stance, but like, you know, I only trust them as far as the government is able to push data out of them. Cause they don't care about me as a person. Um, Apple doesn't, you know, so you end up with this, it's, it almost feels like technology took this thing and went, shoop, okay, locked down, access is locked down. And now it's going, how are we going to trickle this back out in these tendrils? And then those tendrils end up following, I don't know, life force, families, like the flow of creativity. I, like it just yeah. weird. You start to be able to digitize weird stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of... The, the other other uh, angle that I don't usually take because people, society at the moment is kind of in a privacy first mindset, um, which is fine. It's backlashing against lack of privacy from things. But 
Um, the other avenue here is, well, maybe we should just lock it all down. Why the why do people need access to anything that I do, right? If we can, if we can make it permanently private, what are, what problems does that really solve? In this particular case, who gives a shit if if the government gets into this idiot's phone? Who fucking cares? There's so much more intelligence out in the world. There's so much stuff they can be doing. What a damn waste of time! Like, go do something else. Who cares? Right? Who cares? If they get into my phone. Like, you don't ever need to get in my phone. You never need to see what's in my phone. The world will go on about its way, and everyone will be fine. That's the argument. That's <laughs> that's the argument for a constitutional amendment that calls out what it means to have data privacy and just gives yeah. it to you, like free speech. Mm-hmm. That's the free speech answer. The First Amendment answer to how to do this is say data is free speech, and then literally everybody's like, okay, I can do whatever I want with it. Yeah. And protect it. And you can't have it. Like, because the idea of free speech is is ideas. You can't get in trouble for what's in your brain. You yeah. could just extend that to you also just can't get in trouble for what's on your phone. We decided that. You have the right to have that not happen. And then yeah. we're back to like, okay, now you got to get me to testify. Uh and the people around me. Which is maybe know. which is maybe fair. Cause it, realistically, um, and to take it to the engineering place, our phones are part of us now, right? I mean, how often are you not in a room with your phone? How often are you walking around the house with the phone physically in your hand, not even in your pocket? It's like I need this so frequently and so often that I will just hold it constantly, right? It's like a newborn baby. It's physically part of you for a, an, an incredible part of most of the day, right? So it is your brain now. It is your memories. Uh, it is your thought processes. So it's pretty, you can make a pretty strong argument that that has now become part of you that should be protected in the same way that your thoughts are protected. Um, the the challenge is that, or, or a new challenge, a new development, um, again, that is new with these devices is that there's also inherently a shared component, right? Like an SMS message is doesn't happen without another person. I mean, I do send like pictures sometimes from myself to myself so I can like get them from my phone to my computer quickly um, when other things aren't working. But there's a nature of non-private. There's a nature of like non-individual privacy. There's like shared community privacy now, which is not something that has existed in the same way, right? A couple hundred years ago, you couldn't even record audio. So there was literally nothing, nothing that went out uh, could be captured anymore. But we have the freedom to assemble. Like, like we have constitutional right to assemble, right? But well, we don't have the freedom they mean, to like, assemble in private. mean, like, literally stand in a square, right? So this weird thing now right. of, you know, what are our rights around, you know? So now you can assemble in private, right? And almost assemble physically in privacy, right? Like, I can put on a VR headset and go physically stand near someone and read their mannerisms uh, and, and physically get most out of what would be going on, but entirely, entirely secretly, entirely in private, Right. And that that is what potentially manifests things like terrorism. But um, again, I think that's a total bullshit angle to to attack this from. Um, So bad actors uh, have always been the price of progress. uh, (laughs) How that works, like for sure, for sure. um, Which removing privacy kind of fixes. (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're back to the beginning. Theoretically removing privacy, you know. Because um, then you can be like, okay, we're all bad actors up to this baseline, <laughs> and so we can chill out about all the guilt and all the bullshit, <laughs> right? We'll deal with some of that stuff. We'll we'll push the baseline down over time. Look maybe, at your tweets from ten years ago, and then fire you from your job. I said so much right. dumb stuff ten years ago. Of course, everyone did. Of course, 
everyone's an idiot 10 years ago, no matter how old you are, right? So, or at least different. You were at least different 10 years ago. I can't ago. think of a better place to wrap up than that, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty good. Thanks for hanging out for another Zengineering podcast. Uh, if you want to yeah. throw us a buck, as little <laughs> as a buck a month to help help keep this thing going, you go to support.zengineeringpodcast.com. Otherwise, we're at the end of the line on all the socials and the and the Facebooks and the wherever the kids are hanging out, the TikToks. Um, are we on TikToks? We should be. Maybe. When we get our Which video game tight. TikTok. All right, super duper. I'm Adam. You're Adam. Oh, you're Brian. I'm Brian. <laughs> uh, keep it keep it secret. <laughs> Don't tell anyone what you're thinking. The government's watching. As we they are. That's the thing. Everybody's watching, so deal with it. 